0: this universe we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing if you're not failing you maybe you're not trying hard enough
1: welcome to ending pending i'm your host andy
2: i'm uh disrupting the status quo and i'm evan i didn't have a good one but uh, this is my thought evan, evan.
0: You know what, Evan? You can come along with me on a b- bus to see the Grateful Dead in Colorado. I'm not sure I'm i want to do that, but thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, you're always welcome on my weird, dirty van. Mm. If you can tell by those
1: introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering... HBO's Freaks and Geeks, mm-mm, mm-mm, uh, mm-mm. episodes 16, 17, and 18. But before
2: we get into that, I've got a bit for us. See, I know that your your whole thing is like you get the network wrong on purpose, but nobody remembers what the network is, so like they, they don't even know that you're wrong. Like, I know. Like... It's great. <laughs> I can just say
1: anything, and these schlubs will believe it. And you know what they'll do if they're really schlups? They'll support us on Patreon.
0: That's what schlubs do. Yeah.
1: What's, what's the
0: bit, Andy? Yeah, what's the
1: bit? The bit is I want to hear about your first Dungeons and Dragons party. Hmm. Or or your
2: first RPG party? Your your first the first RPG mm. you played? Uh I do remember playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. That was in college. Um uh MJ who is uh someone I kind of still interact with, uh DM'd that one. I was a human rogue. I was a pirate. I uh Love Pirates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh my character's name was Valentine. Uh I had a pirate sugar daddy. Who uh saved me from a life of um boredom and obscurity and also poverty. And uh the campaign had nothing to do with that. My my backstory was more interesting than the campaign. I don't actually remember what we did in the campaign. Um
1: I love Valentine though. Mm. <laughs> he sounds like a snack. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know any
2: of the rules and uh, I didn't like I like I was joining a party that already existed. That's so like tough. Nobody really wanted to like take the time to like explain all the shit to me and like the the game was not really calibrated for my like experience level. So I didn't know what I was doing. I just kept asking, like, what die do I roll now? What die do I roll now? What die do I roll now? Um, and that's how it went. But, uh, I remember my character, so... (laughs) What about you?
0: I, I'll just get mine out of the way. I subsisted solely on, um, the Adventure Zone, For, for a long time as the only, as, as, as my like tentacle into the world of D&D, never being able to play it. Uh, and, and the first time I played it was, uh, getting my, uh, I don't want to call them normie, but, you know, my, my siblings, my mom and, and my wife, uh to play D&D with me and we did uh Fandelver, Mina Fandelver. Nice. Yeah, it was it was it was fine. It's one of those things where I I plan a lot and do a lot of work for a campaign that doesn't go any places, <laughs> but that's just writing and storytelling. I was going to probably do that anyway in a different format. Uh but the the big exciting thing is that um uh Clark the Bugbear Um, my wife playing a wizard, uh, got it into a position where she could cut its head off and use it as a scary item, uh, through the rest of the mine for all the other goblins. So that's, um... You know, terrifying. I,
1: I thought you were going to say that she kissed Clark the bugbear, but <laughs> this went a very different direction. No,
0: no. I mean, you would think she's a very sweet person. You would think that would be the angle. No, she decided that she was going to decapitate the bugbear, um, and she was and able use to use its
2: use its head as a prop for as a uh, yeah, trophy. She, she, she definitely
0: kept the head, and 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 she did not. You know, she was like, "That's just what I wanted to like." She she it, it's. It's horrifying because when we talk about, like, playing games, she's like, I just don't think I can make things up. I just think it would be hard to, like, improv. And it's like, mm, but the first thing that you oh, improv <laughs> was murder. As is
2: decapitation. That, is, that not a,
0: is that not something that you can, uh, that, that, that's just something that's off the top of your dome? That's just something you're love able that. to pull out?
2: Yeah, I love that for her, honestly. Yeah. No, I get yeah.
0: You can say multitudes.
1: Gatekeep. Gaslight girl boss that bugbear's head right <laughs> off.
0: <laughs> it was uh, it was it was frightening trying to find the reasons why she couldn't, and then the dice kept telling me she could, and I said, "Okay,
2: you have a bugbear head. That's fine. You own that now. Congratulations. <laughs> it it's <laughs> in your inventory, your inventory and everything."
0: Hmm. What mm- about you, Andy?
1: My first. Uh, adventuring party was for pathfinder uh i had a group of friends uh, at church who we were very into a uh very old board game called cosmic encounters uh the mayfair edition and um we we played that game probably like three nights a week and uh i forget who in the friend group but someone was like i want to try D. does anyone know how to play D?" and uh, one of the kids spoke up and was like, oh, my dad used to play in college. I bet he could DM for us. Uh, however, this kid's dad was an elder at our church, and he was like, look, d and really cool, but there are definitely people who attend our church who think it's satanic. So uh, we're going to play a game called Pathfinder because it's the exact same thing as D&D, but it's got a different name. <laughs> and uh, when we uh, play... You know, like when we talk about playing, uh, we should call it something like fellowshipping. And uh, he removed all of the arcane magic from the game. In order to cast any spells, we had to, like, quote a Bible verse. And uh, all of the uh, deities were just uh,
0: Jesus. Just Yahweh.
1: Just, now, I think, I think we actually called Yahweh. him Yahweh. I think <laughs> uh, it was like an Aslan situation, sure. but uh, it was a joke campaign. Uh, we we jokingly called our DM Lord Ruland, uh, so he mm-hmm. like the DM had a character name, and he was a just a great DM. And um, there was one time where the the power went out while we were playing, and he was like, "Look." I know we were all really excited to play. We can't play in the dark. If y'all don't tell anyone about this, I do have a bunch of leftover candles from the Christmas Eve surface. (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: So we lit a bunch of candles and played by candlelight, uh, which was just very funny.
0: If anyone, if anyone would have walked in that room and seen what was happening... You, they would have all just pushed the candles over and said, that room doesn't exist anymore and neither do any of those people. Uh,
2: it would have been over. Yeah, somebody would have had to do an exorcism. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah, it definitely, like, ignited my passion for gaming. Uh, Ruland would occasionally let me, like, DM sessions and uh, my character would be off on a solo adventure and he would play a, uh, like, a, a temporary PC and that was super cool. Because um, like I got to DM in a really safe environment. My character's name was Flynn De Thane. And they were mm. a half-elf ranger back when half-elves sucked. I know everyone's all about half-elves because they're great in 5e. I played them when they sucked. And um, I had a pet wolf. And I had the most uh, Mary Sue fucking tragic backstory uh, but I did get to kill the dragon that killed my family. So that was cool. That's good.
2: I remember uh, a friend of yours who I will not name on the podcast saying that when you guys were like making your characters, you didn't know that it was like a cooperative game. So you were like building characters specifically to beat each other up. Yeah, we didn't understand. Like we 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 had
1: zero vines into what d d was. Uh we just were like looking for another game to become obsessed with. Um but yeah, we were uh all trying, like we were making our characters with the intention of like we're gonna have to like fight each other, right? And uh Ruland was like, No, like y'all are a team, and we were like, but we can like secretly try and fight each other, right? And he was like, I don't think you're getting this. <laughs> uh it was uh it was a very good time and i liked that they played D. we got some discos and dragons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look at that it's like poetry it rhymes
0: mm-hmm. except it definitely doesn't it doesn't rhyme and that's the big problem evan has <laughs> with this this show and the episode titles all together
2: yeah, yeah. uh-huh <laughs> one of, only one of these last six rhyme or one of these last uh three rhymes, although maybe no. Yeah. No. No. Three of the last uh, six rhyme. Only and one then, of the last three.
0: As as we'll be able to share with you, that's the only problem that existed in these last three episodes of Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Um That's facetious. Uh <laughs> uh good bit, Andy. That was an excellent bit. Mm-hmm. Thank I, you, Frank. I, forget, thank I you. forgot about Kirsten killing a bug bear, so. <laughs> that w- that was something fun to bring up. Um uh, Evan. Yes, we watched Ronnie. three episodes. Can you tell us about them? Can you tell us about these three episodes? I sure the can. last three episodes ever of Freaks and Geeks?
2: I sure can. Um, Safe
0: to say this one's not coming back. <laughs>
2: um Episode sixteen. It's called Smooching and Mooching, they put the ING on the end of this. I don't know why some of them are IN, uh, what'd you do that for? Anyway, um, Nick's dad sells his weird drum kit, his 29-piece drum kit that he built, and, uh, he's like, you're, uh, you're throwing away your life, doing drum stuff, which has been sort of a recurring, uh, refrain from Nick's dad throughout this show, you're, you're throwing away your life, and you're not doing school good, and you suck at drums, and you're never gonna make anything of yourself, so Nick understandably gets, uh, really mad, uh, he starts sleeping on, like, friends' floors, and, like, sleeping in his car so he doesn't have to go home to his dad, and ultimately he, like, turns up at Lindsay's house, uh, like, Late in the evening one night, I, I don't know exactly why he's there, I don't know if he planned to weasel his way into staying the night, but, um, he turns up at her house at dinner time, uh, her parents invite him in for dinner, uh, they end up inviting him to stay the night, which, I gotta be honest, seems kind of a counter to all of their, uh, extremely rigid straight up and downness to this point, but... I I don't know, I guess they take pity on him. So they feed him and they house him, and Lindsay's dad is like a nicer dad to him than his own own dad is, and like pays for him to get drum lessons, and just is generally like a good dude. And so, like, ultimately Nick goes home and Nick's or uh Lindsay's dad Uh like sort of tries to gently have a conversation with Nick's dad about like maybe not being so hard on him, and Nick's dad's like, fuck you, actually. Uh, meanwhile, um, Sam, Lindsay's brother, he's been on and off again in love with this uh, cheerleader named Cindy, and she was with Todd, but now she's broken up with Todd, and um, uh, she apparently has a crush on Sam now, even though she didn't before, and they're trying to like sort of work there, like, Sam is trying to, like, work his way into an actual relationship with her, and so him and Neil and Bill, um, manage to get themselves invited to, like, a spin-the-bottle party, and, uh, Bill keeps landing on this other popular cheerleader girl who he doesn't really like, but she is convinced that, like, he's into her and is like very huffy about it. So they there's like a spin the bottle rule where they end up doing the thing where you go in a closet and make out. And she's like, ew, how dare. And he's like, I don't even want to kiss you. And it's like fucking insulting that you're assuming that I do honestly. And she's like, okay, that's fair. I'm being really rude to you. And, uh, Sam and Cindy like do end up initiating a relationship. Uh, episode 17 is called The Little Things. Uh, the main whole deal with this episode is that George Bush, who was at the time Ronald Reagan's vice president, uh, this is um, the older Bush, but it's not relevant. He doesn't appear in the episode. He's just he's just talked about. Um, he's come into the school uh, to, like, I I don't know, as some kind of PR thing, I guess. And um Lindsay gets selected by the like guidance counselor to like ask him a question. Uh and she does not agree with him politically. Her parents do. She's going to uh she wants to like ask hardball questions at this school assembly with George Bush and her dad wants her to advertise his sporting goods shop in her question time um this also reveals that uh Cindy who um uh Seth Rogan's character or no I'm sorry I'm getting my storylines Cindy who Sam is dating uh is like the head of the young republicans club at their school And, uh, now that they're dating, she's just, like, being an asshole to him. She's just being a Republican, basically. She's like, I hate poor people. And also, um, they do everything I say, and, uh, she's- she's just being terrible to him. So he's like, oh man, I wanted to date her for forever, but, um, she sucks, actually. So I'm- I think I have to break up with her. The like main plot of this episode that kind of comes out of nowhere is that uh, uh, Seth Rogen's character, known to this point mostly as Tuba Girl, her name's Amy. Um, the the so it's this is the girl that Seth Rogen's character started dating back in the uh, like Laser Light Show episode. She reveals to him that she is intersex, and like had a like genital correction at birth and he gets like kind of weird about it but still likes her and wants to date her so he's like processing his feelings about this the whole time and uh he tells some of his friends which he definitely shouldn't have done she gets upset about it um she gets upset that he's uh like being weird about it now he has a like an identity crisis where he's like am i gay which is not relevant at all but yeah. um i mean it's like it's treated as relevant in the episode but that's not like that's that's not a that's not a thing she's like you know yeah it's, it's not it's, a thing it's a, yeah i'm 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 sorry i'm getting off on a tangent here there's a lot of like there's a lot that goes on with this like intersex plot line that is like we need to dissect. But anyway, um they end up staying together because Seth Rogan's character realizes, like, wow, it's fucked up of me to be concerned about this, and Amy realizes that, um uh like Seth Rogen's character did not, like, go blabbing to the whole school. He was just discussing this with his friends as he was processing his feelings, and his friends appear not to be total assholes who, like, spread information around the school about it. Uh, and also Sam does break up with Cindy. Um, last episode's called Discos and Dragons. Uh, Nick has apparently been dating, uh, this girl who's really into, like, disco dancing, and because he's into this girl, he also gets into disco dancing and is apparently pretty good at it. Uh, so, Seth Rogen's character is, like, relentlessly making fun of him about it, and, uh, he's- he seems to be, like, genuinely really into this girl, even though he still has feelings for Lindsay, and is kind of, like, using this sort of new disco dancing hobby to, like, deal with that. Uh, so, like- it's good for him, really. He's processing, you know, he's he's in a normal relationship and he's sharing an interest with his girlfriend. And uh, he's, like, doing less drugs and is, like, trying hard at things. But uh, Seth Rogen's character is just, like, a huge dick to him because it's, like, disco adjacent. And he thinks disco sucks. Uh, Lindsay is told that she's going to get to go to some kind of like student leaders summit or something at a a college, a few States over. And, uh, she's not really sure that she cares or wants to go. And so like, I don't know where these people come from, but some like friends of her, I, I think they're like friends of friends of the guidance counselor or something. Anyway, they're, they're like at the school briefly and they tell her, that uh like they're going to like follow the grateful dead on tour for a bit and she's like wow that sounds cool i think i'm going to do that instead of uh like going to the student leader summit so she like tricks her parents into thinking that she's going to this like student leader summit when in fact she uh just takes the bus to the next town over and meets up with these people and goes to uh goes to see the grateful dead i guess And also the Sam Neil and Bill, uh, are into Dungeons and Dragons because of course they are. And, uh, James Franco's character overhears them talking about it and they convince him to come and play D and D with them. And he has a great time and, uh, like just genuinely enjoys playing D and D and now they're friends, I guess. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That, that's where we that's where
0: we are left with the good good friends of NBC's freaks and geeks. It's NBC, Andy, as NBC. It's fun. <laughs> I know. H, <laughs> I HBC. know. This is
2: this is a joke that Andy keeps doing. I just think it's I think it's a weird joke. <laughs> no jokes are weird. Only
0: Laughs are weird. Look, Travis um,
1: McElroy thinks "Riddle Me Piss" lands, so I think uh, if, I think I think I can do ABC's okay, right. "Freaks and
0: Geeks." That's fair. Here's here's my segment of uh, jokes that uh, I I wish I could yell at the McElroys while they're doing Travis bits. On the most recent episode of Bam, they played um, a work of fart, which is where you insert naughty words into classic literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said something about a, you know, a musician who is obsessed with finding, uh, his perfect song or something like that. But you have to insert like a a, a ding dong reference. Mm-hmm. And I was sure as shit that it was Mr. Holland's Peepus. I thought for sure that's what he was going for. It was Moby's dick, but I was screaming in my car, Mr. Holland's peepus, Mr. Holland's peepus. Um, and that was that was my little, this is, how, I was going to tweet that at Travis. This is me tweeting this at Travis. Um, Travis McElroy, who listens to our podcast. For sure, for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, he listens to all podcasts. He is, he is all podcasts and all podcasts are him
2: uh, uh, at all times. Like uh, Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty, just hearing them continuously in his head at all times. I would,
0: I would, yeah. I mean, I I honestly think if he if he could have that surgery done, he might. Um, It's possible. We watched three episodes of Freaks and Geeks, and you know that I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These three episodes of Freaks and Geeks did they work for you? They did. For real? Yeah. Okay. Not a joke, not a bit. These three episodes worked. Okay. Not not to show my hand. Uh okay. Evan. <laughs> yes, Evan, Ronnie. these three episodes of Freaks and Geeks, did they work for you?
2: Uh I'm I'm sorry to like throw you off, Ronnie, but uh they did actually.
0: What is uh, happening? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is is this a
0: prank? I didn't know, is No, a prank? it's a prank? not a, no,
2: it's not a prank. I was also shocked. I had to process my feelings about these three episodes for huh. a bit. I had to think about it for a bit. I had to suss out a lot of things, but no, I genuinely, uh, I genuinely think they worked.
0: Huh. All right. Well, I guess that's what I'll be doing for the next <laughs> hour: is processing, which I guess I didn't get. I haven't done fully yet. Um yeah these episodes they did not work for me um pretty pretty definitively i would say too what a what a wild little uh what a turn what of a, events what a fun little switcheroo that we've performed here okay okay well
2: then i'm i'm excited to get into what work what worked for you Um, so let's, let's talk about The Elephant in the Room first, which is the Intersex episode. Yeah. Um, so the, I'm gonna go through that plot specifically real quick for the benefit of the audience, because I know I, I know I talked about it in the summaries, but, like, the Intersex plot was, like, its own whole plot, and I was trying to, like, talk about all the others, so, um... Seth Rogen's character's name is Ken. I will be referring to him as Ken. Uh, Ken's girlfriend, Amy, reveals to him that she uh, is intersex, was born with ambiguous genitalia, and had a genital correction shortly after she was born. And um, by uh, luck of the draw, most of the time uh, when intersex babies have genital quote-unquote corrections, they are uh, like, given vaginas, so that is, uh, like, an accurate thing that happens, and, um, coincidentally, luckily, she does identify as a woman, so, like, this is fine, and, like, she's happy with, like, her body and her life and how that is going, but, uh, like, she- still, like, identifies as an intersex person, like, she is a woman, she's a binary woman, but, like, being intersex is still, like, relevant to her life, as it is for most intersex people, because, you know, there are, like, like, they may be unable to have children, or, like, they, uh, they may, you know, have a different sexual experience than other people. Uh, so, like, she, she explains this to him, and he... She didn't explain it in as much depth as I did. I'm just saying like her explanation of the situation is based on everything that I know about intersex people, like, you know, true and good and accurate. Um, Seth Rogen's character is kind of weird about it. Um, my perception of this situation is that he is 17 and that is the way he reacted to it is how a- an ignorant 17-year-old would react to that sort of a thing. Um, he basically was like, uh, as long as you're, like, physically a girl, I'm fine with it. Uh, but he's clearly, like, not fully processed it. He's clearly, like, like, fixated on this new fact. So he still likes this girl very, very much, but, uh... It forces him to, like, reflect on his own identity, and he's convinced that this does reflect on his identity somehow, which is why he, like, has to process, like, am I gay because my girlfriend is intersex? Uh, like, how do I deal with this? I've never heard of intersex people before. I don't know what this means. So he, like, talks to his friends about it. I was, like, very tense during that scene because I was like, oh, no, they're gonna tell everybody. They don't. They don't tell everybody. They also react to it like douchebags but then kind of, like, come around to being less of douchebags. And by the end of the episode, Seth Rogen... Uh, Ken, I'm sorry. I Ken's character... or Seth Rogen's character, Ken... I'm sorry I've kept, like, interchanging the people's names with the characters' names. It's impossible, because I can't look at him and not see Seth Rogen. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, He realizes that um, he is being a douchebag about it. Um, There's no reason for him to be a douchebag about it. He's not gay, and he really likes Amy, and so he needs to just stop worrying about this. And uh, they remain in a relationship, and he's very supportive of her, and he cheers her on while she's playing tuba, and uh, it actually all turns out okay. And while there is, um, a lot of, like, douchey comments, the teenage boys processing this information about this intersex wo- woman do make very douchey comments that are, uh, that, like, made me cringe. hmm Um, they all sort of end up in a, they a little confused, but they got the spirit, uh, <laughs> place. And... I think all of the people who treated Amy being intersex as like weird and gross were shown by the narrative to be in the wrong about that assessment. And on top of that, I cannot think of a single other show that has an intersex character in it at all, Um, much less one that is handled reasonably competently from my perspective. So, um, I'm not intersex, uh, this is based on what I know from intersex people talking about their experiences, this is an opinion I have formed based on, you know, like, secondhand information, I don't want to speak for how an intersex person might feel about this episode, but I thought, considering it came out in 1999, and considering, like, even the word intersex I do not think existed at the time- Consider it, considering all of that, I think it was handled surprisingly well. There were two things I thought were really good about it. One,
1: uh, what's the character's name? Amy? Amy, Amy? yeah. Amy, uh, like, fully recognizes that she was lucky that she, like, is the gender these doctors like forced on her with a surgery that she did not consent to when she was born. And I think that was good that like
2: the show addresses that and that that is like a huge issue. Yeah. She says the phrase like, thank God. And they like the doctors decided I was a woman and thank God because that's who I am. Yeah. Um, I think
1: that line was really important. Mm-hmm, the second mm-hmm. thing I really liked was that, uh, Seth Rogen punches the fuck out of James Franco and it is shown as the proper and right thing to do when uh, someone misgenders someone else. Like, that could have been framed as Seth Rogen was in the wrong and it wasn't.
0: Yeah, I also really appreciated the fact, like, like you mentioned, Evan, that, you know, she acknowledged that this is something that you know it is a part of her life you know it just because doctors decided that you know they would quote unquote correct uh this 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 infant um that 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 did not change her her identity as being intersex and that it was still going to be important to her you know no matter what and and since uh ken was important to her he wanted her to know i just thought that was that was something that uh, I think the show very much through Ken wanted Ken wanted to just be like, no, let's not talk about it. Let's forget about it. Like, it's not a thing. And the show is very specific to be like, no, it's a, it's, it's a thing. It doesn't have to be like the thing, but it's a thing. Um, I just, I, you know, in 1999, I think that that would be uh, like you said, there's no other intersex characters I can think of on, on TV. So it, it The fact that they did not just gloss over that is, is, uh...
2: Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised by how much time they devoted to it in the episode. Mm -hmm. And I was pleasantly surprised because, like I said, yeah, there were douchey comments made in the episode. But I think they did a reasonably good job of demonstrating that all the characters who made, like, douchey and wrong comments were in the wrong. Also, they did not use the word hermaphrodite. At any point, yeah, I, don't know I was if they... really
0: waiting for that. Yeah,
2: I was. I was. I was tense that whole episode. Yeah. I was like just waiting. I was like, okay, every scene that passed, I was like, okay, that scene went all right. But I was just like waiting for the other shoe to drop for some for something to be horrible, ho- horrifying, and like treated as comedy, and like yeah, it it was actually okay. Um. I don't know if they weren't allowed to use the word hermaphrodite because this aired on public television. That's entirely possible. But uh, they didn't, and I appreciated it. The other general thing that I liked about these episodes is that we finally got, like, changes to the status quo that we had not gotten throughout the entire rest of the series. Um, Like, Sam finally dated Cindy and, like, realized that he actually, like, was sort of idolizing her he was kind of like worshiping the idea of her rather than like getting to know her as a person and coming to understand if they would have a good relationship so like he accomplishes what he has been trying to accomplish for like the last 16 episodes and then has a realization about himself and about cindy and he breaks up with her um also like I feel like this uh this interaction that James Franco's character had with the geeks, this was like the first time he's interacted with the geeks at all. And they genuinely seem to have like a really good time and become good friends over this DD game. Um and then also like Lindsay deciding to go on this, like tour route with these randos she barely knows and not go to this like student leadership conference thing. All of these seem like important thing. And I guess like maybe I'm giving it too much credit because this is the last episode we have. So we'll never know how a lot of those things play out. But I really felt like things were happening. I felt like momentum was happening in these episodes that had not happened in all the rest of the episodes. And it wasn't like it's not like they were creating this supernatural style ongoing meta narrative that we had to like keep up with it was just that like things were changing things mattered people were changing from episode to episode uh like people were making decisions and those decisions were having some kind of a an impact on the story overall
1: i think it was the first previously on freaks and geeks that we got
2: which you know maybe this oh we got a one before just because of that uh Neil's dad cheating thing. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 up yeah The yeah. garage door opener. But...
1: But, yeah, I agree. It felt like... Character decisions kind of mattered. It, it wasn't like they had to get back to the status quo at the end of each episode. Uh, What's-her-name-becoming-a-villain ruled.
2: Yeah. She... She sucks. She's the worst. Yeah. Uh, adorable little, like, cheerleader Cindy being mm. the leader of the, the high school Republicans... And saying like poor people deserve to starve and stuff like that, I was <laughs> was, like, was just rad. Yeah,
0: came out of nowhere, real intense heel turn. Yeah, yeah, It was, it yeah, was, just it was like, great. We we have now. It's a will they won't they? They will, and now we must hate her. Mm-hmm. And uh, like,
1: if that doesn't sum up like so many of the dates I went on in like <laughs> college of. Total infatuation with someone. We go on a date, and she's like, "I want to godly submit to you, and uh, I want you to rule over my family and household." It's like I'm gonna go.
2: <laughs> I gotta go. Um, I think this was an accident. To be honest with you, I think the uh uh like I, I think they wrote her as boring in previous episodes because they just didn't have any good character ideas for this. This Cindy person that Sam was in love with, but this episode where they start dating and then she turns out to be an asshole, I feel like contextualizes the episodes that came before it because now it seems like Sam, what we were sort of seeing her from Sam's perspective as the this like sweet, cute, um, uninteresting, but incredibly pretty and incredibly popular and cool uh, character. And then once he actually sort of, like, gets to hang out with her and gets to understand who she is as a person, he stops, like, idolizing her in this way, and he realizes that she is a person and she has opinions, and her opinions suck, actually, and they have nothing in common. Was the jocks name Todd? Yes. Yeah. I love that we get more good guy Todd. Yeah, (laughs) where like
1: Cindy says like, oh, Todd and I broke up. He sucks. He's the worst. And, you know, because we're seeing it from Sam's perspective, like, it seems like the truth. But then we see Sam sitting at the popular table and Todd happens to be there. And Cindy is a huge asshole. And Todd is like, why are you trying to like get? Sam and I to like have an argument like do you want us to fight like what is wrong with you and uh it turns out that Todd dumped her because she's a bad person Mm -hmm.
2: good job Todd Todd. Todd's a democrat
1: yeah good job Todd
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's it really like puts a a real fine point on the like I just want to date a nice guy for a change I just want to like and I think that can go uh, in 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 lots of directions, you know, uh, I think that is not just girls doing this to guys. I think it's it's across the gender spectrum. But like in these situations where they have historically dated all the same person and they are secretly a bad person, too. Um, it just means I want to walk all over someone for a change. I want to disrespect someone in the ways that I have been disrespected. Mm. and good for sam good for sam for saying hey nah i don't want to be for a second i thought that he was going to be stuck in a relationship that uh cindy would not let him out of um but he he put his foot down and said i do not have any fun with you
1: uh i read a article with the show like creators about their plans for season two and uh, apparently Amy or not Amy, Cindy was going to continue to be like a major antagonist for mm. Sam as Sam was going to get very into theater club mm. and uh, Cindy would continue ruling the high school Republicans. And uh,
2: that sounds I, fun. Yeah. That sounds like a fun plot. That does sound fun. Just like a little, as, too close,
0: a little too close to home. Microcosm yeah. of the whole like world and all that.
2: But a- as X
0: is
1: like being in the same school and like, having that realization of like, what did I see in this person? Like, they're awful.
0: Yeah. Did y'all play Spin the Bottle ever? Uh, I'm sure I did, but not like... Not not like this.
2: Not with hard rules. Yeah.
0: Yeah, th- these, these people had too many rules. hmm
1: I played it in sixth grade... At the co-ed graduation sleepover, because my Christian school only went up to sixth grade, and um, the like three days later, while I was uh, going to the bathroom, my parents knocked on the door and said, "Did you play spin the bottle at that sleepover?" And I panicked because they asked me through the door, and I was naked. And there's nothing like being asked. <laughs> a question while uh, you're
2: at your most vulnerable. vulnerable yeah so i was like uh what no
1: and then uh when i finished my business i came out and said look i'm sorry i lied to you i did and they said we know you did because amy and her friends were talking about it and amy's mom or no i think yeah amy's mom read their aim chat or something
0: oh Gosh.
1: Yeah, it was like very, very like 2004. How we got caught. 2003.
0: was it? But was it to test? Was it to test your like scruples? That, that they, that at, they that asked after me? leaving sixth grade. They said, "Hey, let's all have a sleepover. That's co-ed? Mm-hmm. I don't was know. This, yeah, I don't Christians know what they were putting this on. Like, I like know saying, it was well, what? What have we taught you? Have is? Do you have integrity? we'll tr- we'll see it
1: was a huge scandal like people were very upset uh parents were very upset that that some some light very light kissing happened at the co-ed sleepover um but yeah uh that was my only spin the bottle experience uh theater club in high school had a bunch of like weird kind of like slightly horny games that they oh, played yeah. but I like never participated.
0: A lot of um very bodily truth or dare, very, you know, <laughs> touching of bodies and licking of bodies, truth or dare based things. <laughs> there was this one
1: where it was like you had you had to like pass a card from person to person.
0: Sure, a and like suck you could blow? U-
1: you couldn't use hands.
0: Yeah. And
1: um uh boys were allowed to kiss boys in that game so i did not play it
2: <laughs> lest they find out <laughs> someone will know
0: you'd kiss a boy and someone would be like oh, gay gay yeah. this this one's a gay <laughs> um yeah i was i was always uh <laughs> the, the girls in my school always liked the older guys and none of like, <laughs> I'll say this. This this is me uh, completely um, uh, realizing in real time the girls in my schools liked older guys, but the younger girls did not like me. So so draw your own conclusions mm. there. Uh, so I was not really like, you know, maybe maybe I was invited to the to the spin the bottle on truth or dare or the suck and blow. But I was not like I was the kind of person like. I was built. I was like, they do not want to kiss me. So I'm not going to insert myself into a situation where like someone's going to be disappointed that they have to kiss me. So like,
2: bye. I remember playing spin the bottle uh, at my neighbor's house because they, so my neighbors had grandkids who were about my age. And sometimes their grandkids would come over, and sometimes their grandkids would bring their friends, who were all about my age. So I didn't actually have, like, kid neighbors, but, like, a few times a year, I would get to hang out with these kids, and, uh, we played Spin the Bottle one time. I think that's the only time I ever actually played Spin the Bottle.
1: Now we just get drunk and make out with people. At- yeah. Now sure. we, Now
2: there is no pretense. We just uh, get drunk and make out. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Katsu um, Khan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. That like there was definitely some steps forward here, some movement, some character development. Um. I I. You know, it's hard to say that, like, I wanted more now at the 11th hour of the show and like episode 16, 17 saying like, well, where are the consequences for this? Let's let's see this like play out further. I just like that is not the show that this is. And I at some point I have to accept that. Um, But. uh, There there were definitely some some steps, I will not say leaps, but some steps in in a, uh, you know, more cohesive direction.
2: Anybody want to add anything to the worked pile?
0: I like the relationship between Nick and Lindsay's dad. That was fun. That was cute.
2: Yeah. Um, that I, you, you would... god. I was... I shouldn't say this. I'll, I'll get to this in Let the... Ronnie said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to this in the dislike section. So talk well, I, about your likes.
0: I hear what you're saying. Like, Like, it mm-hmm. does kind of seem like a little strange that Nick is it like that that Nick Lindsay's dad takes such a shine to Nick, like kind of out of nowhere. Um, but we do, um, in just like a one line, which is like, this is something that could have been a little bit more. I would have loved to hear more of this and maybe we would have in season two. Um, you know, Lindsay's asking why, you know, she, she gets things so tough and and Nick comes in and, and it's fine. And, um, You know, Lindsay's dad says like, well, Nick's dad is like really like aggressive. Like he's 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 a really tough dad. He's like, I know what that was like. I know what it's like to like my dad was very aggressive. My dad was mean. And she's kind of like, yeah, I know that life. And he's kind of like, no, you don't like you do not know, Lindsay. Like, trust me, like like it, it it just struck me as something like there is something from Lindsay's dad's past with his own father um that really like made him want to kind of uh, take nick under his wing uh, and it seemed like it was fairly important and if you know less traumatic um for for nick's dad or for for Lindsay's dad and you know it it again that's something like let's 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 follow that let's play there a little bit because you've certainly like exposed a lot of other characters uh to a lot more trauma in in this episode let alone recounting their past trauma um but i i think there is like some kind of a, of an angle there for for what for what he wanted to see out of that and you know them i, I just james siegel is very charming and, he, you know, he is he has the benefit of being I think this was um, Hassan Minaj who pointed out like just like an average looking white guy in Hollywood just like gets gets all the breaks. And he 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 will always like be looked at great. And Jason, Jason Siegel is just one of those people who like he no matter what he does, he's usually approaching it from a standpoint of just like, oh, I'm just kind of a goofy, large guy. And, <laughs> you know, this is I'm going to be just kind of. Charming and you know, him learning things and being excited about things just it just works. And so seeing Lindsay's dad be excited about that with him was was fun.
1: I agree, Ronnie. That was all very well said.
0: Thank you. Um the These were uh, the, some good
1: episodes, huh?
0: I don't think so. I did like Lizzie Kaplan being in the in the final episode. That's who Lizzie that Kaplan. Was. Yeah. Mean Girls, Masters of Sex.
2: Um, yeah, I I only knew her as the the Lebanese girl from Mean Girls. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's I for a minute I was trying to figure out like where have I seen her before? Where yeah. I know I know her face.
0: The the kids today would say La Dollar Bean, uh, Evan. That that's how they would they would say that. But yeah, what? certainly La Dollar Bean. It's a it's a it's a TikTok thing. Um, uh. Yeah, so Lizzie Kaplan was in this episode, and she was great. Lizzie Kaplan's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad to see her again. I, I don't, but I don't think that makes the show good because I just saw a character's face, who I said, "Oh, I know that actress. That's fun."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a
0: true assessment. Yeah, yeah, I, yep.
1: I loved that they did a D and D episode in the year of our Lord 1999, and it wasn't making fun of D and D. Yeah, like. There have been many, many D&D episodes, but I did not think it was until Community that there was one that was like a love letter to the game about mm-hmm. like how tabletop RPGs are fun and cool, actually. But here mm-hmm. was a secret one in, the, in 1999 that was about how it's yep. good and cool, actually, and not just like making fun of people for playing it. Right, or also,
2: satanic they, panicky. Yeah. yeah. Also, they did pretty pretty good with the actually portraying D and D in the way that you actually play it. They they didn't do it perfect, but they certainly did some homework on how D and D is actually played. And they didn't just like pull D and D completely out of their ass for the show. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like if, I
0: mean, if this is, if this episode is looking to get people to the table, to play an RPG, it's just a lot of making up shit and rolling dice. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of like giving yourself a funny name and rolling some dice. And that's, They hit on the on those two big points. Um, The only other thing that I have that I like liked was when uh, Ken went to kiss uh, Amy at the very end of the uh, episode, Uh, he hit his head on her tuba. And that, yeah. that made me laugh out loud.
2: I was wondering reason. I was wondering if that was like in the script or if they just did that by mistake and rolled with yeah. it. It seemed very organic, like they did it by mistake and then just continued yeah. with the scene. So
0: he was yeah. rubbing his head afterward. I was like, I wonder if he really just nailed that tube just now. <laughs> because the impact was such that it gave me a quick like little chuckle, like a belly laugh. And I was <laughs> like, that must that that actually probably hurt. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was good. It was a good little good little scene. I'm glad if it was an accident, I'm glad that they left it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright, shall we dunk now? Yeah, let's let's dunk. Alright, Ronnie, lead the charge. What what's it's, I, I I get it. I I'm going back
0: to the intersex episode. I get it. And I'm glad that like there is representation there. But it just it, it is like a lot of these things. The resolution of it is not like and again, like you said, it is very much like, uh, you know, doesn't quite is a little confused, but hearts in the right place kind of thing. And that's probably the best you can expect from 17 year olds. But I have like I am full on done with praising this show for being authentic when like it's a show now like you are saying something now it's 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 you can't just like say no we're just holding a mirror up to what would actually happen it's like ken goes to the guidance counselor and it's it's kind of a weird awkward scene ken like is like asking if he's if he thinks he could be gay and um he says oh i'm coming to you mr rosso because you're gay and rosso's like i'm not gay and he's like oh you're not and Rosso gets, like, super defensive, like, why would you think I'm gay? And it's just, like, very out of character for this character, like, who's been very, like, open and understanding. And, like, I almost thought it was going to go to a place of, like, oh, why do you think that I'm gay? Like, oh, these stereotypes is why? And, like, do you know that, like, that's not how all straight or gay people are? And, like, it's, you know, we're all different. And, like, it could have done something there. But, yes, yes. I think they did a good job with Amy explaining it. Yes, I think it was shitty and douchey how the guys reacted to it, but it's authentic. But we need someone in there to actually make this a teaching moment and not just a, well, Ken is going to stay with her because he realizes that after all, she's a human that he can tolerate. So like it, it probably doesn't matter if, if how she was born.
2: Um, And that's where f- it's just. Go ahead. I don't get the vibe that he was like tolerating her because I thought that that moment. No, no, it, I, I, like,
0: I'm, I'm being a little bit uh, hyperbolic there. But it's yeah. just it in that moment, they are showing a parallel between um, Sam and, and um, ooh, Cindy and Amy and Ken. And, you know, Sam's like, I can't stand her. She she's no fun. She's she doesn't like the jerk. She doesn't like these things that I like. We don't have anything to talk about. And Ken is realizing like, oh, like I have all those things in this person, but it doesn't strike me as like an acceptance thing as much as like it's just it's missing something. And then again, this is an early relationship. I'm not saying like he's like, oh, I can marry this woman. Like, I'm, I'm not looking for something like that. It's just there's a lot of toothlessness through the whole thing in like really like teaching something about this and i think that there was a total missed opportunity with rosso and like again like talking about like are you gay oh i'm not gay when we know full well that like not we don't know full well but andy you had shared that you had read an interview or or something where one of the teachers was written as gay and that was cut out and it's just like yeah, the
1: math teacher
0: so so it's like this conversation happening is just kind of like it's like putting an even heavier nail on that head on top of us, not really learning anything in this circumstance where Rosso has been that person who has been able to share the experiences of his past and say like, yeah, like, you know, I was a hippie there in this point. Now I was, you know, pushing back against the, you know, the, the establishment in college. And like, when this comes up, he's just like hands in the air. Like I can't talk about me being gay. That's no, um, which I'm not saying like he was, I'm not saying that all I'm saying is like, it was a mishandled conversation scripting wise. Um, I did not trust the show to handle this. And I, I, I appreciate your perspective on it and like sharing like a little bit more about that. Uh, Cause I, I, in my head, I don't think I felt like they did a good job, but just from, from Amy's perspective and then, her being able to share more about herself, I think that it, there, there is definitely something of value here. Um, I, I just I just feel like everything in this episode, and particularly in episode 17, had kind of like a, well, all's well that ends well sort of vibe, and I don't feel like it was all well. I just feel like it kind of ended okay.
2: Uh, um, what felt really, like, warm to me, like, what made me feel like, Uh, Seth Rogen's character had really, like, emotionally come around on the issue was at the very end where she had, uh... Amy was having a terrible day because she thought that, uh... Seth Rogen's character had, like, told everybody at the school her, uh... her secret, and she had to play... she had to perform Hail to the Chief on her tuba uh, when... George Bush turned up, and she was really, really nervous about it, and, like, she had talked about being nervous about it, and, uh, at the very end, after he has that conversation with Sam, uh, Seth Rogen comes into the auditorium and sees Amy up there, like, about to start playing, and he goes, yeah, hell of the chief! Love this song! Woo! And, like, yeah. He didn't have to do that. He was doing that to, like, make her feel better. Like, to, like, break the tension and make her feel more confident. And she, like, smiled and then started playing. And that just, like, was a really nice little moment that they had. I thought it was good. I um, am not invalidating your critique in any way, Ronnie. I think your points are totally valid. Um, But, like, as a point of comparison, Terriers came out at exactly the midpoint yeah. between uh uh Freaks and Geeks and now I I just looked it up because I was like how how old is that one like trans issues episode of Terriers it came out in 2010 so that's 11 years after Freaks and Geeks and 11 years before today and this Freaks and Geeks Intersex episode in my opinion was handled just astronomically better than the terriers episode that was trying to be sensitive to trans people. Yeah. So, it, it,
0: it, the, it, it, I mean, it's hard to compare the two because the, the terriers episode was so God awful, but that is, that is your point. Uh, that is exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, That's, like, it, that's it, what it, I'm yeah.
2: saying. But like the terriers episode notably was trying to be compassionate to trans people. Yeah. I could tell from the way they were like framing the whole plot that they thought they were doing a good job. You know, they thought when they were writing it that they were being really sensitive and really progressive and tackling something real. Um, I don't know what Judd Apatow was thinking when he... He wrote this one with, like, two other people. I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this episode, but it works a hell of a lot better than that, uh, like, quote-unquote... A uh, progressive episode about trans people did interiors 11 years later so yeah i, I know that it's not like you can't excuse the flaws of something 100 just because it's old but um i do think genuinely for the time uh they did a surprisingly good job, even if they did not do a perfect job. I think they did a surprisingly. Yeah, good
0: job I think this is something that, you know, over t- like, like you said, with time to process. I think this is something that will 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 warm for me to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, it just there, a lot of the things I'm thinking of are things that you've addressed. The uh, outing of somebody resulting in Daniel just getting cold clocked, mm-hmm. um, and and that you know causing a lot of problems for for ken is is a is a you know better than than average way to um uh, create consequences there it's i i i yeah i i i i think that every yeah you make very valid points
2: and and also i guess. like you're you're totally allowed to not like it ronnie if it like you know, if it just has bad vibes, I I totally respect that because like it was giving me some weird vibes too. Like just I was like I said, I was tense watching it. I was so yeah. like, they're definitely gonna fuck this up real bad. So and it was
0: it's, it's not like there's I don't like it's not like there's a stepladder of, mm-hmm. of queerness. But like there's been nobody who is any any kind of LGBTQ on the show. And and we're and then you introduce something as complicated as intersects, which like, again, that, that is not often done and there's value there. It is also like all of these dudes are played as as complete idiots the whole time. And it's just like I I don't think it is it is I don't think we are off base, you and I, Evan, of like kind of like. Holding our, our our shirts against our chests, like, no, don't don't be bad. Don't be bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's completely warranted. Like and I, I think that, you know, I don't know if that kind of an emotional response was that what they were trying to trigger or, or or if, you know, that is something that was so far from their minds in 99. But like. These these characters have not had to. Uh, these characters have not grappled with something like this the entire time. And it just it I, I I don't I don't want to make it seem like this was like too much too soon because it it needed it should have been too much in ninety eight, in ninety seven, ninety six. We should have characters like this all the way into our history of of media. Um it just it definitely just I was not I wanted to, like, rescue this person from this situation, this character, this fictional character from the situation. And and that's it's just not a fun way to watch a TV show from my from my uh, perspective, I guess. But I, I, I do think that it will it will grow on me over time as I as I, you know, experience it. Um, I think they got some place one of the like the whole episode seventeen was very much like a they've been dancing around like these political issues not going anywhere at all all season long and this one they are making inherently political by mentioning political parties and and politicians and uh, you know gender and queer queerness which like you know may not have been quote unquote politicized at the time um, and I like again kind of get there but like what what actually came to pass like what other than like the last line of the episode being kind of like a zinger to george hw bush like what did what status quo was really changed outside of ken kind of having having a big moment of growth i, I just felt like i wanted i wanted more and again it's 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 weird. I I need to accept that like I'm not going to quite get that this late in the game. But that is a critique more of the show writ large rather than just these last three episodes.
2: Yeah, it did feel weird to suddenly be extremely political after having been apolitical for the. Well, right. I guess not fully apolitical. They mention Ronald Reagan, but in a only of only the vaguest kind of way. Only the vaguest mm. like. Yeah, of course, Lindsay's dad likes Ronald Reagan. He would. Right. And then they just, like, don't address it any further. It's it's like when you
0: hear a word from the first time, and then you hear that word constantly. Mm. It's like Judd how heard the word Republican. And then he was just like, oh, I'm going to say Republican 50 fucking times in this episode. <laughs> and it's going to be great. And, like, I... I I get it. Like it, it was relevant to like this, this, you know, the vice president coming to the school. But it was just like a little like on the nose when everything leading up to this point had been so under the surface political that they've just been kind of like, oh, we're not going there. We're not stepping in that. And then they fully step in it and, you know, do better, but still don't quite get there. Uh, Ken's dad has, or Nick's dad Nick's dad has a very punchable face yeah that's that's all I could think of it's just one of those faces that you just want you just want to punch he keeps saying they're they're having a fight over the drums getting sold and and Ken's or Nick's dad keeps saying end of discussion End of And it's just like, no, that's not how conversation I'm going to punch your face. That's that's how violence happens when there's a discussion happening and someone's just like, we're done having discussion. It's like, all right, well, then punching of your face is the only way I'm going to get a message to you. If we're done having a discussion. Just wanted to punch his face. I'm not a violent person. I probably consider myself a pacifist, but I wanted to punch his face.
1: He was going to end up joining the army. Yeah. Yeah, he was not. Uh, per per the interview I read, he's not gonna escape that fate. Uh,
0: that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. Uh, so
0: I'll tell you, it's authentic. But I, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I want like a totally authentic experience. Is what I'm saying. Like, Season
1: two was gonna open with Lindsay, uh, in a ambulance in the back of an ambulance with a Queen song playing in the background as she was rushed to the ER with an overdose.
0: Oh god, that's t- that's not that's not good. I don't like that even a little bit. I'm glad the show only got one season. Uh uh
1: the, the James Franco is going to end up in prison. What? But he plays D&D now. <laughs> but
0: you can play D&D and still do crimes, I guess. I guess. I don't know anyone, um, I mean, but he's not gay. You could be, de- you could play D&D and be gay and do crimes, but I don't know if it goes Kim, the other way. Kim,
1: Kim was going to get uh, pregnant with someone uh, randomly <sighs> from the tour, and then her big thing was going to be, like, raising the kid while still in high school, and uh, James Franco was going to become really invested in the kid, which feels weird that he was also going to end up in prison, but what do I know? Yeah. Um Trying to think. Sam was gonna get really into theater with being stage crew. Uh Tall Lanky Kid was gonna get really invested in basketball because of his uh uh coach dad because of coach <laughs> coach father figure and uh Neil was gonna get really into uh show choir.
0: I feel like there's not much meat on the bone in show choir. I feel like show choir is an episode. I don't feel like it's 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 as quite as tell uh, that to fucking Glee. No. Oh well. Yeah. That's fair. That's
1: fair.
2: Never watched Glee. It's terrible. No, no it's lines. really bad.
0: It's long. There's there's more than one episode of it. That that's pretty much what you need to know. Um. Yeah, I don't like most of that. Yeah. I think that this show. I'm not saying that this show works. I think this show kind of works because it can show you the dichotomy between like. At at one point, um, Mr. Weir, Sam's dad, Sam and Lindsay's dad, says that Sam is 14. And presumably that means that. Nick, Jason Segel's character, is either. 16 or 17 Maybe 18. He could be 18. It's just, yeah, at it's, the very a whole th- most,
2: he might be 18.
0: There's a whole thing in in the one episode where um, Daniel is 19 on his ID. And that's like, what? How did that happen? Oh, you got held back. So, like, clearly 19 is, like, really far flung. So, like, 17, 18. There's a moment where I'm thinking, like, you're telling me that Sam Weir and Nick... I can't remember his last name, but the difference between Sam Weir and and Jason Siegel's character is like two to three years, maybe four years. (laughs) I think that that's wild, but I think it does draw like an interesting dynamic between like when you enter high school, the seniors look like completely full grown adults, like absolutely terrifying huge uh just grown-ups and when you are a senior the freshmen coming in look like toddlers yeah like i think that 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 is and 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 there's there's so little difference between you like there's there's three years of, of high school experience and i think that the show kind of works in that way put make the uh toddlers a little bit older and put the seniors in prison. And I think that we've really kind of lost the through line. I think I, we're really like scrambling to kind of cobble together what this show is actually about.
1: I don't know if that was all necessarily for season two. Mm-hmm. I think they were just talking about like where they envisioned these characters going. And like sure. what the intention was going to be. But yeah. Uh, he said that he didn't think the show was about high school. He said that he thought the show was about a small town and the people who get out and those who don't. And I was like I don't know if that's what Freaks and Geeks was my guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, was a show about high school. extremely
2: contained in that high school for the first mm-hmm. season so maybe you should have thought about that. Maybe like, like I, I, I wanna, I'll think
0: about a very uh, maybe not similar but show with similar vines I think that Everything Sucks is far more about that and mm-hmm. Everything Sucks is I think is comfortable saying it's a high school show and has way more to say about people who get out of town and who don't then freaks and geeks. Yeah. F- a, a character leaves the show and gets mm-hmm. out of town.
2: I feel like they elderly- literally get out of town on multiple occasions. Like the, uh-huh. they leave to go to a concert and they leave to go film a movie. And then the one character just full on leaves forever. Mm-hmm.
1: The whole out of town thing is only in the last episode. And it's Kim who's like, you're lucky you can leave. I'm going to be stuck here. And like, Kim, you've never expressed this desire or like this fear before. Mm -hmm. But sure, showrunner. That's what the entire show was about.
0: Right. There's one other point where Daniel thinks about like dropping out. But even then, his example for dropping out is a girl he used to date who dropped out, but then is in the same town and works at the local convenience store like there it, there's nothing to you're not saying that. Hmm. that's that's interesting that they thought that because that's not the show they wrote. Um uh, if to 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 take it back a little bit to um uh not really giving the message you think you're giving, uh we hear the the very classic um <coughs> Excuse me. We hear the very classic monologue from the AV teacher about how, as, as geeks, you shouldn't worry that the bullies and the jocks are making your life hell because eventually they'll be less valuable humans than you who do low wage work and you will uh, be more valuable than them and, and do high wage work, um, which is always fun.
2: First, First of all, is always not not true. I mean, n- demonstrably yes, yes. not true. Yeah, people who are popular in high school overwhelmingly have more success than people who are unpopular mm-hmm. in high school, which fucking sucks. But uh, this,
0: this 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 guy is like
2: Here, here's what a meritocracy is, and we live in one. And yeah, like, we totally eh. totally do. Everything is fine. There's no there's no structural problems in our society. Um but yeah, no, if if you are popular and uh are in a lot of social groups regardless of your academic performance in high school you statistically will do better and make more money than uh people who are better students but are not as socially well connected this also has to do with you know generational wealth you know sure. if you have rich friends you're going to have more rich friends who own Businesses, you know, all kinds of shit like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, not true. Also, like you said, Ronnie, shitty philosophy at the core of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like you can see so many nerds of this era internalizing that so many kids who were were bullied and legitimately have trauma but just like internalizing the fact that yes someday i will be the higher i i i accept this hierarchy that is put in front of me and i accept that i am the low dog on it now but eventually i will be more valuable as a person than them and at that point everyone should feel as uh, as excited about me as they do about them and if that doesn't happen then it's a problem with everyone else and not me and it's just like you can see so many threads coming out of this into like very toxic nerd culture and and incel culture and things like that and it's just like this is this is where it starts like this this kind of thing this kind of idea is where it starts
2: yeah you are entitled to success and women and money right (laughs) You, the smart guy who is nice, but unattractive, quote-unquote smart, quote-unquote nice. Uh, You are entitled to women and money and attention and social capital.
0: This, some of the Rosso stuff, and the scene where the English teacher is just, like, ridiculing Daniel because it's taking him literally less than two minutes to set up a projector... Um, Just like reinforce the fact that like we need we need more Biff on this show. There's only one good teacher in this entire school and it's the gym teacher and he's great and he's too busy out dating uh, Bill's mom to be able to be in this scene and help us through it. He probably would have had a great talk with Ken about what it means to be intersex and how he can, you know, support his girlfriend and, and still be, you know, the same person he knows himself to be. I trust Biff. I trust. I trust Biff implicitly. Miss,
2: I miss Biff. Biff should. Biff great. Biff should have turned up more. Mm-hmm. Biff, Biff wasn't pull a one very out good. for Biff. Pour one out, um, not the
0: character. From yeah, Back not, to the, not no, no, no. the character. The guy Biff. who plays no. Biff, who also yeah. plays yeah. the gym teacher yeah. in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 that just want to say be, we're not pouring
1: one out for Biff.
0: We're not pouring one out for Biff. We are pouring one out uh, for Thomas F. Wilson. Uh, good guy. Good guy, Thomas F. Wilson. I assume he played a good guy in this show (laughs) Uh, and various voices on SpongeBob SquarePants. He's from Philly.
2: That's awesome. I love Philly. That's fun. I hope he's a cool dude in real life. I bet he is. I don't know anything about him, but I just uh, I just hope he's he's just a sweet, kind guy with with little pearls of wisdom to dispense. Huh. Get, let's get thomas f wilson on the show um
0: let's see any anything y'all want to want to want to jump in with that,
2: that did not work uh i don't uh there's a lot of your points that i do not disagree with but mm-hmm. i was so pleasantly surprised to have enjoyed this these three episodes actually the first one meh the last yeah. two really like first. The first one was extremely forgettable, but the last yes. two, I I genuinely I was engaged. I enjoyed them and I was so pleasantly surprised that I was enjoying them that uh, I didn't dwell a lot on the negatives. Yeah.
0: Very, very early on in episode 16, I decided this feels like a big pile of nothing. And I was not wrong. Um, there is a line in that episode where Bill's like, well, what if I can't kiss? What if I kiss wrong? and Neil goes you can't kiss wrong and I'm here to tell everyone all the impressionable <laughs> youths out there that you can definitely you, kiss wrong. You extremely wrong. can yeah. You can do it real real wrong and real bad and wrong um, so don't believe uh, Sam Levine in that
2: moment um, First time Andy and I kissed I got mostly mustache. Yeah And you loved it <laughs> No I, I
0: got over it though oh. <laughs> Um, yeah 16 and also 18 to some degree it just it felt like a little bit of nothing it felt like like I know there was the big conclusion with 18 of her like duping everyone into thinking she's going to math camp basically and instead going to the Grateful Dead Mm -hmm. Um, but like you know a a Grateful Dead album changed her life uh, basically Um, and and that's a little bit of a a strange direction for Lindsay's character to take it just like episode 17 like you said had had a lot of value a lot of merits the rest of it i just think were kind of like eh. and at the time of deciding that it didn't work i episode 17 was very sus for me uh so that that's where i that's why i fall where i fell um but Ken did really bang his head on that tuba, though. He did. He sure did. <laughs> he really, really knocked it on the brass. I I thought there was a moment there was. So this is this is me extrapolating, um, a little bit and and being extra hypercritical of this. But there was a moment, um, where Ken is like looking for, um, Amy at the end tr- through the hallway, and he's like pulling all of the tuba players and like looking over their shoulder and for like the first there's like so many damn tubas in this high school band um for like the first four characters he's like is this amy they're all guys and i was like "Ooh, i don't like the." but then they do like there's also another girl close to the end um that's nothing it's just like a point where it could have been real bad but Either because of it's just what they did, or because they thought better of it, they they changed it up at the last moment. Anyway, we're fucking done with this show. We're done. We're done. We watched. I, I've. I've. We finally watched Freaks and Geeks. This is one of the big ones.
2: Yeah, it was a real um, roller coaster for me. Yeah, there's there was a, some working at the beginning, then there was some not working, and then there was some working again. And then there was mm-hmm. a lot of not working and then there was some big work in at the end. I don't know. it was, it was wild.
0: Well, well, Evan, maybe maybe you could put a uh, maybe summarize that into uh, a couple of words. These 18 episodes of Freaks and geeks,
2: do they work for you? This is a very challenging one because I could I could say either thing and still objectively be correct.
0: Evan, this is not an objective situation. As to whether it worked for me, there's an
2: objective answer to that question. Did it work for uh, me? It's not. It's not a question of did. Was the show good? That's a different question. The question is, did it work for me? It both did and didn't. It's it's Schrodinger's. It's Schrodinger's working. I just love this
0: idea of you approaching every show from the perspective of like, well, once I'm over, I have to get the correct answer. I have to be correct about whether (laughs) or not I liked it.
2: Uh, I'm going to say no, because the bits that worked probably are not worth like slogging through the bits that didn't. Mm hmm. So like I wouldn't watch it again and I probably wouldn't recommend it to someone so even though there were bits in it that I liked uh I I'm sorry sorry CC I'm sorry I'm gonna have to say it didn't <laughs> it didn't work overall as a whole product real roller coaster for CC here and that these episodes worked and
0: then oh no <laughs> uh Andy yeah Ronnie or do, or do you want me to go because you, you 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 never get to go last. Oh, I, for for
1: this I don't mind. Uh, my my answer is locked and loaded. Nothing sure. that anyone says could change it.
0: Yeah, it worked.
1: Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this show was uh kind of a slog to get through. Uh, fun seeing a bunch of actors who I really like or really don't like. Uh, as little babies. But mm-hmm. overall, not not a good show. I think. Like I fully get why people love it and remember it fondly, and I don't think you're wrong if you do. But watching it for the first time in two thousand one yeah. is twenty twenty one. Oh fuck! In twenty twenty one is uh, I went
0: twenty years back in time when I watched this show for the first time in fifth grade.
1: <laughs> uh watching it in twenty twenty one it it doesn't hold up. Yeah. What about you, Ronnie? What do you think? Uh,
0: I, I will have to agree with you both. I don't, I do not think that this show, uh, worked, uh, primarily because I did come down on that thing that I said earlier where like authenticity takes you so far until you actually have to write a show. Um, I know that reality TV has gone uh, pretty far, but even reality TV show is scripted to some degree, um, and maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on the show and the writers of this show but um I want I want some some you know if it if it makes a better story I want something that might be a little less realistic um in, in the moment um and 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 there are things that are valuable I think if you're interested in this show I think maybe we should put together a supercut of like here's when Rashida Jones was on the show and here's when Uh, Lizzie Kaplan was on the show and here's when, uh, here's the best of Seth Rogen on this show. Uh, I think that's fun to your point, Andy, of seeing all these faces. And I also think there's like probably a couple of episodes that's like, yeah, this one is like what you should watch to like understand this cultural touchstone of, you know, early, I I would consider it early aughts TV. Um but for the whole ding dang thing i uh, i think it's definitely skippable uh except for biff i want a super cut of every time biff's on screen cuz that that'll that'll warm my heart um but yeah yeah you can't get them all you know you can't you can't win them all there is Rogan. there's a good show hiding in here somewhere mm-hmm. i really do
1: believe if they had cut out either the older or younger kids and focused on one group yes. for the most part, we well, watched the one
0: episode where where we like the episode that we we kind of enjoyed and and you know I'm coming around on. We were focusing on like four plots, yeah. going mm-hmm. on and like it was it like you just can't do that like you can't, like this is I, an episode of Seventh Heaven where everyone's dealing with the same problem somehow but everyone dealing with it independently.
1: I mentioned this to Evan when we were watching it, that I think this show would have worked way better if thematically the two disparate storylines were connected somehow. Yeah. Like if little Sam's problem was somehow about fitting in and then uh, Hawkeye's wife's problem was also somehow about like my heart. Uh, peer pressure or fitting in, inter- you, you know like two different circumstances but like thematically similar problems I think the show would have worked way better but the, the, the storylines are always so fucking like distinct and out there and like emotionally well,
0: disjointed that, it just doesn't work I think the show that like I don't want to keep harping on this but I will because I loved it I think the show you're describing is everything sucks mm. everything sucks is really good yeah it 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 you know you have these two very different groups who don't really make any like you know a uh, clue that they're going to blend together and then like all of a sudden their destinies are intertwined and they have to make it work whereas this is just like like yeah like we're the same there's parallels here but there's never any shared like striving any shared goals like it's it's all just they pass each other in the hallways, and that's where the camera moves. Go watch Everything Sucks. Yeah. Very good show. There's more gay people in it. Yeah. By which I mean one. Um, I mean, we've talked about what we don't want to be the case do we want to get into what might be better for a season two in, I mean, we can decide to put this in the year 2000 or in the year 2021.
2: Just let people change from one episode to the next. We like this. Yeah. And again, not the show's fault, but also not our fault
1: for being born in 2021 and watching this.
0: Yeah. Uh, we (laughs) I remember being born in 2021.
2: We all were
0: reborn after 2020. (laughs)
2: Uh, I've complained in the past that uh, some episodes lean way too hard into, like, an overarching meta-narrative, and I like Monster of the Week stuff. That remains true. I do like episodic problems, but uh, I do not like when everything about episode one has been erased by episode two. Like, these are not the same. Like, liking episodic stories and... Hating uh, a lack of emotional progress are uh, ideas that can exist at the same time. Right. Well, I think it's an issue of stakes, like all this,
0: like the things that they are going through, the stakes are fairly low. And so it would be weird for like the next episode of, of the final season of episode of the season for Lindsay's dad to be like, I told you to to tell the vice president about my store, not for you to uh tell him that he was a coward. Like that wouldn't make sense. But the stakes of that situation have been contrived as low. So it's just like just up the stakes. It's still going to be a fun show, even if mm-hmm. authentically the stakes would be low. I don't want authentic- authenticity. I don't want that. I have that in real life. I don't want watch- to watch it on TV. I'm, I might be totally... Totally in the minority here, but like that, I, I'm realizing that is not something that I want. The next, the next season will be set in space. That is, that is what we're doing. Yeah, it's, they move the high school to space, and then like uh, a, a wing of it breaks off, and so now that they're, they're kind of like scrambling together to kind of like make it through, but also still have talk about getting out of your hometown, Judd Apatow. Um yeah, it takes place in space and there's dinosaurs there. Because think about playing D&D in space. How do you do it? The dice never land. I don't think I have a pitch for
1: season 2. Uh I like some That's of fair. the ideas of the the creator that I you know I read in this interview. Uh it was like a variety article if you're interested. If you just type in like Google Freaks and Geeks season 2, you'll find it. Um I like some of his ideas, and I think some of his ideas really suck, so I think I'm just kind of, like, stuck on that, though, like, I can't think of my own ideas, because I read his,
0: but... It's, I mean, it's, to, to uh, you know, I don't know if this is to his defense, or to, like, the, the show's defense, these are just, like, the musings of Judd Apatow, like, these things go through a writing's room, and go through writing process... I think it was process.
1: Judd Apatow who gave the interview,
0: I don't think he was the one in charge, but yeah... Oh no! Okay, um, whatever. Like the 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 you know the it would have been refined, like, sure. It, it hopefully, yeah. ideally, um, and because of hindsight, you can just throw whatever shit at the walls. like, yeah, we would have done this. We would have put him in jail. He would have been the star of the play. But you don't get to see that because you didn't watch it. I think it could have. You know, maybe there was a little vindictiveness there. Yeah. Um. What, what are we, are we doing, doing next?
1: Oh shit! Whoa! Born on the same day, and now we're twins
0: for life. Now we said a word at the same time. I think it's your pick, you Ronnie. Soda. It is my pick. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about uh, a little—I don't even know if I could call him a comedian, but kind of a a, a philosopher type. Uh, goes by the name of Bo Burnham.
2: I do. I love Bo. Yeah, I think I've heard of that that lad. I think I yeah, uh, have been obsessing over his most recent special for the last several days. I'm pretty sure.
0: That uh, Bo Burnham is uh, so hot right now. Um, we are going to be diving into a little show known by Zach Stone is going to be famous, uh, which is an American television comedy created by bo burnham uh, i think and starring bo burnham uh it was an mtv show from 2013 um fresh out of high school teenager hey there we go this is the season two of uh, uh of freaks and geeks that we wanted zach stone is fresh out of high school and uh is looking to pursue a life of fame and stardom instead of attending college um these it is uh, 12 episodes and are y- y'all ready to love me because mm-hmm. they are 21-minute episodes. Love um, that. Love that. Very good. Very good. We are actually going to have uh, a guest that is going to join us. I don't know for which episode, but we are going to have a guest come on and talk to us about this show. A big fan who's been evangelizing about it for, for quite a long time. Um, no No reveals yet. Um, evangelizing
1: ending pending
0: for a long time because I love that evangelizing Zack Stone is going to be famous Uh I don't know if maybe maybe in the future you never know you never know what we could what we could unlock in somebody Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and what I'm I I was interested because you know that Bo Burnham is so hot right now and also I'm interested in in, you know mid mid teens uh, MTV shows and what they were doing at that point But also This show I was scrolling through the cast list And you know it's got Thomas F. Wilson You know we got Biff back Love that We got Dick Biff back Maybe we can convince him to come on the show F- a Philly boy like him um, We just gotta keep picking Biff shows Exactly It didn't work out with Paul Blackthorne He never came on Fuck the show Fuck Paul Blackthorne Biff, Biff is what our what new I dad think we can get <laughs> <laughs> Oh no No Coach Biff is our stepdad. Fall <laughs> Blackthorn will always be our our podcast dad, but we have a, we have a, we have a basketball stepdad now, and that's Biff.
1: Also, if um, you have not been evangelizing, ending pending, but you want to tithe, you can give ten percent of your income to our Patreon, mm-hmm. and uh, you can also buy indulgences
0: there. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you can you can actually check out. Uh, what, what what's the what's the domain that i bought what's good? you could go to where they may.com what and uh i'm yeah. surprised you got
2: that that seems I like it. somebody I'm, would have snapped that up i'm going there right I now am,
0: i am honestly shocked at how no one has done anything with where they may i got the twitter i got the the website it's it's everything's coming up where they may um look at this yep yeah, you can go to wheretheymay.com. It looks much better on browser than it does on phone. It, Please it use on your computer.
2: Well, thankfully, we're on our phones, so. Oh. So it doesn't look terrible, I would assume. No, it looks
0: pretty bad. <laughs> okay. well, but, but browser. Browser exists. Go to your computer, yeah, and look it up. It's great. Um, uh, I'm working on it. It's it string shows. budget over here. Hey, and if no, you no, make that... That, that
1: wasn't a diss on you. That wasn't a diss on you. I think it's amazing.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, I will say if you want to make that budget a little less shoestring, maybe a little bootstring. uh, you can click on that tab uh right where it says patreon on where they may dot com and that's gonna take you to patreon dot com slash wtm radio um I, I don't know if we've shouted out them in a while. um Alice, j v, Val have all subscribed recently. Uh, we have a new subscriber today Trans artist of the day <gasps> Woo! Thank you so much Trans artist of the day So stoked for all the new patrons So stoked for all the new patrons I do think the new patrons have Pushed us over the line into some stretch Goals yeah 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 uh, What stretch so goals we, did we hit What am I responsible for <laughs> <laughs> I think it's primarily me Things um, oh I love
1: that That's great
0: yeah Okay, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. It is it is 100% me things. Uh we have ticked over the line into uh Ronnie's Drunk and Dependy episode. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I will be giving more information about next week and we will have to record that uh very soon. And this is something that I I really kind of flung out there just as a uh maybe, uh but it's uh episode it, it, Ronnie is going to start a new musical theater podcast.
2: Oh, oh shit. Oh no. You accidentally
0: committed. I accidentally committed. I've been thinking for a while, you know, (laughs) I've been thinking for a while that like y'all are all going, out and doing your forced friends and your fan fiction is good, actually. And like, I'm over here just like holding down ending pending. It's time for me to branch. It's time for me to go solo. And, and, uh, all of our new patrons have decided that for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm cautiously and uh, very nervously excited about that, but thank you so much. Network. We love Net our work. listeners, Net we love work. our patrons. Um, but we're getting a new show on the network. Um, God, I have some of the details worked out, not all of them, and we're getting a, a, dr- a Ronnie Drunk endy-pendy. Um Thank you so much. All good things. Cannot thank you enough. If you want to, if you want to, you know, keep our tears a rolling. Yeah, Patreon, I feel like I shouldn't even mention it now. It's like you guys, y'all have reached your quota for, for the summer. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash WTM radio. Um, an- another thing that is um, just kind of a, a a nice add-on. If you go to wheretheymay.com and click on the uh, show links, I think. Oh, just below our show artwork, uh, you can see the nice little iTunes logo. And it's the easiest way I've found to just go to our show where you can easily leave a review. Um, I feel like that is a, kind of a a stupidly difficult process for some reason. And um, this makes it a little bit easier. So uh, go check that out where they may.com. Check out the site. Check out all the links below our podcast art and, uh, and tell your friends. We love you so, so incredibly much. I'm 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 speechless. Thanks to all our, our new patrons. Thanks to all our, our, our OG ride or die patrons. Um I th- and thank you to all the patrons who will be patrons in the future.
1: I think if you join Patreon before the fourth show, the new show launches on the network, you are officially an OG patron for life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: We'll send you a little badge then, in the mail. And then
0: after we have four shows, then you're all just you're all just jumping on the bandwagon. You're all just jumping on the like, bandwagon.
2: We're not we don't even want your money. If, <laughs> you got to you got to No,
1: we, we still do, really, do. we, do. Want we still want really that do. Money. Give us the money. But you got to you got to jump on now before this fourth show launches.
0: Yeah. What what do we say? What do we say at the end of these episodes?
1: Uh be like Seth Rogen, if someone misgenders your friend, punch them in the face. A
0: Fucking man, yeah. Where they may radio.